you know, brown-eyed handsome man, the song by Chuck Berry, like you break that stuff down, that informs me on life experiences, on joy and, you know, all these things are eternal. And so what I want to do is like recycle that within me and, and then figure out a way for me to like push that same spirit out and still connect to fresh ears. I'm Joni Deutsch, and from WFAE in Charlotte, this is Amplifier, the music podcast where we shine a light on the artist who calls Charlotte home. Because Charlotte is more than just a banking city or a football city. So every other Thursday on this podcast, we're going to explore the people, places, and things that help define the Queen City's crown sound. And today, we'll hear from the Charlotte native who's connecting the music dots between feel-good folk and alternative hip-hop. That's coming up on Amplifier. Amplifier. And then the beat will drop. Amplifier. 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 Can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do in Charlotte music? What's up, Joni? Uh, my name is Notch Hood, and I am a professional performer. I rap, and I front a band. Nige, thank you for joining us. As we're going to talk about today in the interview, you are the self-described creator of folk rap music. Now, if folks were to type folk rap into Google right now, they're going to see two things pop up. One thing is a progressive social movement from the Balkan region, and the other is Charlotte native Nige Hood. And obviously, that's what we're here today, the latter. You ask me to- talk about the creation of folk rap, the band that Nige has uh, formed over the years, and also just over the past decade, how this brand of music has brought you to Charlotte and also to performing with rap legends like Kendrick Lamar, Afro Man, and beyond. So first and foremost, Nige, what is folk rap? How do you define folk rap? All right, so folk rap is a music style an alternative hip-hop style that started off when I started rapping. The best way that I can describe folk rap is that they are simple songs about daily life that are in the form of hip-hop that most average people can relate to or understand. And a lot of my songs have stories in them. I've been inspired throughout my life by like people like Weird Al Yankovic, Chuck Berry, a lot of people that write songs that are kind of like novelty songs. So 
to sum all of that up, folk rap is about daily life, pursuing happiness, telling stories, oftentimes novelty style in the form of hip hop music. Nigel, to that point, you bring up novelty songs. And, you know, another way of thinking about it is those kind of sing-along songs or the ones that are just part of the public conscious. Um, Songs like DJ Casper's Cha-Cha Slide, Rebecca Black's Friday. Those songs, as you listen to your discography, make little points. They appear in little moments. Tick-tock, it don't stop a rocket to the bang, bang, boogity bop it, new topic. I used to want a sexy rocket chick, too gothic. I used to want a bad hood chick, too squawky. I used to want a church girl, too much work girl. Now I'm on my grind and I take what I can find. See, I'm a sun, I radiate and shine. I buzz for nobody if a girl feel inclined. Alongside influences that clearly come from the 60s and 70s and beyond, folks like Chuck Berry, Michael Jackson. Big afros, the girls gone natural. Looking at themselves in the mirror of the bathroom. Stepping out the mother up and door like a classroom. Teach was looking about like man and has rules. He ain't gonna pay you no attention unless you got juice. And the jug is the boy right now. Party people do you dance on the floor right now. I put rules through the party and explore right now. I see the cool kids with no So I'd love to hear what influenced you as you were getting into music. What were your first music memories? Ah, well, my first music memories, uh, I can derive back to my household with my parents. My elementary school days, I got somehow hooked and obsessed with oldies. So my dad like might have played like some records here or there, and then my school actually had this event that was like a sock hop, which is probably archaic now, but then it was what? Oh, this is a nod to something that was 30 years ago. Anyway, but they were playing this type of music and for whatever reason, I dug it. And I'm talking like the Beatles, like Temptations, even like Yakety Yak, Del Shannon, Runaway. So there was a period where like all I listened to, speaking of radio, I love radio. I listened to Magic 96.1 uh, religiously. I even was taken there for my birthday. My parents took me from after school, blindfolded me, had me in the car, drove me there, and I was ecstatic. Like met all the DJs, Boomer, Schaefer, the Eggman, like all these people, and I was hyped. So like always, I was like that weird kid that like. I wasn't weird, I always like had friends and stuff, but I like oldies and I like singing and if the teachers was like, go sing that song, I'll sing it. So like, those are my influences. But then as I get older and I'm like, you know, going into my like pre-teens, like I want to be a little bit more rebellious or a little tough. So somehow like my friends were listening to Eminem. I'm from the suburbs, so like, they're like, yo, this is, you know, he's saying a lot of kind of like, crazy kind of like funny stuff anyway so I really connected with how my name is all of that so then I just got into rap all along the way even when I was a kid listening to oldies I was always writing songs like I had like a remix to Splish Splash taking a bath and you know hey Mr. Tambourine Man like I, I just you know just always was writing so it just translated to hip-hop 
And I was like, I'm gonna write these raps. And then also kind of to bring it culturally, you know, social culturally, like I grew up in the suburbs. So like, you know, around the time 12, 11, you know, all the, you know, Zach and Alex who I'm all playing with and everything. Like, unfortunately, sometimes you start to like split or like, because of the pressures around you, like you're you're kind of pushed to like want to like to have to like go to a group, whether it be like okay, if I'm a black kid, okay, maybe I need to hang out w- with these black kids that are listening to hip hop, or and I see my white friends there, you know, not to you know be too somber, but kind of that happened. But what hip hop was for me was it's like well, if all of these kids at, at in middle school they say oh why do you why you talk white or like you know just like silly stuff kids say, but it's like well if I can rap. If I'm a rap in front of these people, I get like they accept me too. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of started there. Whole time I was always accepted, but I think rap was just a way for me to just like connect to that community. And I just kind of just started getting into just hip hop. So boom. Um, so those are my influences. But even that whole duality. A, uh, a dream of mine, not even a dream, because I feel like that's what I'm doing with my music, is to just merge it. I realize, yo, I love rap, I love hip hop, but I also, I'm influenced by people who haven't made a record in 50 years, you know what I'm saying? But that informs me, like, you know, Brown Eyed Handsome Man, the song by Chuck Berry, like, you break that stuff down, that informs me on life experiences, on joy and you know all these things are eternal and so what i want to do is like kind of like recycle that within me and and then figure out a way for me to like push that same spirit out and still connect to fresh ears mom and dad what's a vicious second son now that i feel like the race is nearly one i take the time to say i told you i would make you proud because it hurt me when i asked you to to bail me out though my decisions differ from things that you would tell me know that everything that you gave me never failed me i couldn't have planned for it i could have got a doctrine wasn't in the plans for me my music popping trying to make all the sense within a world undefined i held resentment to your dad because i felt a divide you were the reason that i fell in love with music that's why so tell me about the first time that you performed as a rapper, as a musician, as a as a performer. I was at 4-H camp. Uh, I don't know if you if, if you're from North Carolina, you might know about 4-H camp. I was uh, 12 years old. They always had this talent show. I mean, there are times I went before that I was like would be in the talent show too. Like, but this was the first time that I would rap. And like one of the um, my camp counselors was a DJ and uh, he had uh, the instrumental for uh, Stop, Drop, Shut Them Down, Open Up Shop by uh, DMX and Rough Riders. So uh, I went up there and I rapped, man. And they liked it. Like all the kids, they're like, ah, you know what I'm saying? So that was uh, that was the first time I went on stage and rapped. It made me feel good. It, 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 was, it was the first time that, at that time I was going by the, uh, the rap name Low Life Cause I was short, like I, I mean, I'm kind of short now, but I was like, I'm, and of course, then it's like you always had to have like some type of menacing, like kind of like tough street name, you know. And I remember there was this older gentleman, older gentleman. He was like, "Hey, young brother," he was like, "You don't need to be calling yourself low life." <laughs> and I kind of remember that, and so, kind of when it came time to like officially like start recording myself. In high school, I was like, I did, I kept rapping, but I just never had a name. So then I was like, well, I'm just gonna call myself Nige Hood. This is my name. My name's Nigel Hood. So, 
So after your debut as a performer, um, over time you released music. And in fact, you had big opportunities open up. In 2011, you opened up for Kendrick Lamar. Now, for the record, this was nearly a year before the release of Kendrick's critically acclaimed major label debut, Good Kid, Mad City, in a career that's now netted him multiple Grammys and an Academy Award nomination. But, Nigel, I want you to take us back to 2011 and what that concert was like. Oh, man, the concert was was excellent. It's funny. I'm glad that you prefaced it in that way because, you know, at the time, the number one song in the country was Hustle Hard, or at least rap song, and Ace Hood was also on the bill. Um, And actually, Ace Hood was headlining. Kendrick was, you know, going on before Ace Hood, and there was only like a small pocket of people who were really excited uh, and were rapping the songs that Kendrick, you know, was up there rapping. He was doing a lot of his songs off of Section 80. That project had just dropped. And I know for me, it was weird because, you know, I didn't know as much about him uh, until like the months leading up. And somebody was like, yo, you got to check out Section 80. They gave me a thumb drive and I put it in my computer. (laughs) Right. And I was listening to that heavy. And then when it came, uh, when we heard that, you know, Kendrick was going to be opening or performing for our homecoming, because this is while I'm at North Carolina Central, um, I was excited. And uh, luckily enough, I had made enough of an impact at the school that I was, you know, on the list of the performers. I think it was me and like one other guy from the school. And it was great. Honestly, it was funny. I I always will bring up that, like, you know, you had that small pocket hyping up Kendrick, but it was. But as soon as Ace Hood comes out, everybody's like, ah, you know. Um, But you kind of learn that, you know, life is a uh, a marathon, not a sprint, you know. Because I mean, shout out to Ace Hood. I mean, he's still a uh, uh, you know a working musician and everything. But you know, you never know people's situations can change and Kendrick's is like the biggest rapper in the world or among the top five so that was dope and I got to meet Kendrick take a picture with him and stuff like that that was cool. Nige after college you returned to your hometown of Charlotte and continued making music here and in 2015 you released an ambitious album it's titled Return of the Nasty and Across 20 tracks, you weave together all sorts of things. Afro-Caribbean influences, vintage Dirty South rap flow, indie hip-hop vibes, and beyond. Get a move on, try and put your shoe on. For the police get you for you get the chance to roam. Hit the dance for on, but my city wrong. Listen to my words, hit you like a Japasuna. You self-describe as as having a life mantra of life is weird and awesome. And I was wondering if you could elaborate on that, on how that relates to you and your music and how you perceive the world. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, That was a wonderful experience, uh, Return of the Nasty. And it goes into kind of like the the aspect of like, yo, like, you know, the, the nasty, 
nasty is a word that uh, has so many different connotations, but it's a strong word. And then it could be good, it could be bad, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of like what I feel my essence is. And that kind of evolved into the concept of weird, but awesome. Um, basically, me, myself, has a lot of good qualities about me. I'm funny, I'm this, I'm that, but do I fit in with many groups that I could just be with them without messing up their equilibrium? No, unfortunately, no. Do I hate myself for that? No, I think I'm awesome. You know, it's it, there's an awesomeness that comes with the peculiarity. And what I want to instill and encourage other people to embrace is to embrace your own weirdness because, you know, through that, I think that the beauty will be seen. You know, why feel bad about some of this stuff? And I think kind of it makes me think about like why I connected with Eminem, especially early on, because it is definitely a therapy to just be like, yo, I'm, I'm weird. Like, yo, this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't need you to call me a genius for it. I don't need you to like criticize me for it. I don't even need special treatment, but just look at me like, yo, Though some of those answers aren't there, you know what I mean? And sometimes, yo, you are who exactly you are, and, and that's okay completely, you know what I mean? Perfect though. Nothing to say, puffing my J, tucking the K, barking the spray, tequila and J, you icy may be pushing me over and under the wave. Coming up, Nige Hood recounts the time he found himself in the back country of Ohio with none other than Grammy nominated hip hop legend Afroman. You're gonna wanna hear this. Stay with us on Amplifier. In addition to being a solo act, Nige, you also lead the folk rap band, which is a funk rap and roll group that's been described as a mix of Childish Gambino and Rage Against the Machine. I was wondering if you could share how the band came to be, how you've had this kind of side project of sorts. All right, so how Folk Rap Band came about is, so like kind of like plug it into kind of like the changes in music and things like that. It's, it's kind of like a, a lot of different pieces. One, I always have wanted to make songs that were outside of kind of like the normal format that a lot of rap beats can, can be in. Like, you know, uh, if things are electronic, it's it's a little more timed and stuff like that. I didn't get too much opportunity to improv and kind of like build songs and build sounds. Unless I became a producer, but me, I'm so impatient, don't want to learn nothing, find somebody who could do it. Nah, but so like I kind of always was itching to like do more, expand. And then on top of that, um, you know, when it came to performing, it's like, well, with rap, Unfortunately, and this is just even within the culture of the listeners, rap listenership, there's not a whole lot of respect for the art form of rap. Everybody's going to listen to rap. They're going to love it. They're going to, if somebody blows and they got a big hit, they're going to be, oh, like they're a genius. But it's like, it's in Charlotte at least, and this is even in the rap community, like if you listen to rap, it's not like you want, hey, there's this person who is a rapper who makes rap music and you wanna go listen to them. It's like, no, it's like, I need to know, I need to know their song. It's like, you gotta be a star first 
to have people pay you to come rap. So I learned that. So almost like if you're if you get to loot or J. Cole or whatever that level is, then it's like, oh, now you're acceptable. Come over here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now or or now, like, we'll pay you to come perform, you know. But what I learned, because granted, I've always kind of been this is going back into like I've always kind of walked in the two on the two avenues of the genres and kind of like social lines, too, in Charlotte. I'm, you know, I'm working at Amelie's, my friend Adam Vagan, you know, and he's in this group called the Carbonari. Uh, and they're like, they're just doing, he's like, yo, you want to come, you know, we're doing this show at the local when the local just opened and you want to come rap over it. And I'm like, cool. Um, but what I learned in just from those people is like, yo, these are these are just ragtag musicians like these are ragtag musicians not ragtag in the sense of quality but just independent independent like yo this is this dude you're not famous you're not but still at the end of the night you're gonna go to this venue and they're gonna pay you money and you know people are gonna watch you you know perform you know so i was like man i'm about to put a cheat code on this one I'm gonna put a band together because already, like, I had success being asked by some of my friends who are in bands to come rap with them, like Blue House, uh, Adam, and a few of uh, the imprints that he'd have. So I dug it, and I and I and people were telling me they liked it. So I just kind of like slowly had to kind of build my courage up to like be like, okay, how do I put together a band? And I got to give much love to uh, Leanna Eden. She is a uh, musician that has come through Charlotte and spent a lot of time there. And we've actually been able to feature her on Amplifier in the past as well. And the Full Crap Band is slated to release their first studio project in 2021. And in advance of that, you've released a lead back lead single titled Bowl in the Woods with the Grammy-nominated West Coast hip-hop legend, Afro Man. Smoking a bowl in the woods The sun is shining Every dark cloud has a silver lining I took a day trip from this crazy city I got my girl, my friends, and my butt with me How did you get connected with Afro Man? How did you get connected with Afro Man? All right, all right, that's a good story too. Bowl in the Woods is a song that we've always performed for years, and that's a song that everybody's like, yo, I love that song. Y'all play Bowl in the Woods. Y'all play that song. Da 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 da. So it was kind of like, okay, we know that this is the song that we want to record as our first single. So we record Bowl in the Woods, you know, it's January 2020. And we got a whole tour and everything set up uh, to do dates and stuff. And then the pandemic happens. So then that puts that on hold. So I'm sitting one day and I'm thinking like, man, like, what could I do, man, to kind of like give us a booster? And I think kind of at that time, to be honest, I think the band was a little tired, too. They were like, OK, where are we going? You know, what are we doing? Like, and I was trying to figure it all out. I'm like, well... I always had him on a, a sheet of paper, artists that I'd like to collaborate with, and Afro Man was on there because Afro Man kind of, for me, kind of got, it, he is in the family of folk rap, like uh, novelty 
feel-good songs about life. You know what I'm saying? So he was on there. And then it kind of hit me. It's like, yo, let's get him on Bowl in the Woods. And then the more that we thought about it, the more it just made complete sense to get him on it because of the sound of the song. It sounds like it could have been on his, you know, his first album, Good Times. And uh, well, I think I went on his website and it said, you know, this is for booking or contacting. All right, cool. Let's talk to his manager and let's work that out. And we ended up going to Ohio, uh, meeting him, you know, building like a personal relationship, uh, shooting a good video with uh, CLT production. But like we released it and like I'm all nervous because I'm thinking like I'm used to like local attention, you know what I'm saying? Or local like, you know, feedback. So, you know, Byron McClendon of Eagle Nest Management, uh, he was like, he had texted me. He was like, yo, man, you know, and congratulations, you know, on the on the success of the song. I'm like, what are you talking about, you know? And then I looked and there's like 15,000 plays and it was like the first day. Like, I'm thinking, like, you, you tell yourself that it's not real, like, it's that it's a lie. But it was real. And then from there, like, things just started going and, and then within... Within the first three months, it was 100,000, 100,000 spins. And um, it's still going. And I feel good because, like, what it means to me, honestly, what it means to me is, like, okay, I wrote a good song that people like. Like, out of all the times that people are like, oh, yeah, you write good songs, da 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 da, da But it was like that I can say, like, people like this song. And I, I can, like, even if, bro, if I never hit again or if I never, if nothing ever happens to me, like, that is a moment that helped make it all worth it to me. And I know like 100,000 spins is like a dime a dozen uh, at a certain echelon, you know what I'm saying? But to me, it's like when I go back and I look up somebody's Wikipedia uh, artist from like the 60s or 70s, that's that song that was like, they had a regional hit with da-da-da-da-da-da. So to me, like, I know they were the ish wherever in their little pond there, so it's like, I like it, it feels good, you know. I feel a tightness in my shoulder, my soul trapped in my chest. My heart just wants to dance and sing, but my body's strapped to a desk. Nige Hood is a rapper as well as the lead singer of his folk rap band. You can follow Nige Hood on social media at Nige Hood and listen to his songs wherever fine music is streamed and sold. Amplifier is a production of WFAE. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Deutsch. Our editor is Jennifer Lang. Our theme music is provided by Dirty Art Club. Share your favorite Charlotte music recommendations with me on social media. You can tag and follow me. I'm at a change of tune. Amplifier features a new musical episode every other Thursday. So make sure to subscribe to the Amplifier podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts. And if you're listening on NPR One, make sure to give us a heart or a favorite. Check out the playlist and show notes for today's episode, along with a Charlotte music map and a way for you to submit your music on our website, wfae.org slash amplifier. Until next time, I'm Joni Deutsch. Thanks for listening.